With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lost Hope Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome to uh, this edition of Winchester Radio. We're going to be talking about the 13th episode of the sixth season called Unforgiven. Uh, our guest call-in number is 347-205-9801. That's a new number. Uh, there's uh, there's some few changes around Winchester Radio Um same podcast, same host, just a little, little different place. Uh, we're now uh, through Media Boulevard. Uh, that's M-E, D like in Dean, I-A, B like in Bobby, L, V like in Virgin, D like in Dean. Uh, and, uh, that's where you can find us now on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, and uh, you can also always click our icon on winchesterbros.com, which is Winchester Radio, and we're posted on Facebook and Twitter, and you can also download us through through iTunes and listen, and uh, I think when we moved, we left uh, some listeners behind, so please, I hope you're listening and can look around and find us again, because we miss you, and it's been a good... I think it's be sorry, I think it's because the links on the front page haven't been changed yet either. So just bear with us until we get everything actually settled. Mm-hmm. But we're getting there, and in the meantime, we have uh, another good episode to talk about. Um, Unforgiven, the title, I'm sure, refers to uh, Sam, full of Sam. And uh, we get uh, we get some flashbacks, and we get a chance to see a little bit of what uh, Sam was doing and what Sam was like over the past year before he joined up with Dean again. And it's not so different than the, the soul of Sam we saw with Dean, um, just as we all suspected he was doing uh, some pretty pretty terrible things. This episode started out with uh, Sam and Samuel hunting with Grandpa uh, in Samuel's van. Looks like it was either the, the Dodge Sam's ride for later was somewhere else, or they just happened to be in uh, Samuel's transport. And I kind of like to see how they found each other, but we this was uh, not in this episode. And they're stopped by a sheriff's deputy in this town of Bristol, Rhode Island, and who suspects uh, something with the going on. We sort of join him when it's they think they've done with their case in this town and Sam doesn't like that this sheriff is suspicious of them and wants to bring them back to go to jail because now the sheriff is missing uh, and uh, all these other disappearances and problems and Sam just beats him almost to death and that meeting was really creepy for, for me to watch. It was really difficult. It reminded me of the beating that Lucifer in Sam gave Dean at the end of Swan Song, which was also really, really difficult to watch. And it really brings home what Sam was like. And as the course of the episode goes on, it it backs up, and we find out what Sam and Samuel were doing in the town because uh, somebody is uh, out to bring Sam back to that town for... We don't know what at first we think maybe just the case has started up again, but it goes into actually a whole vengeance thing. And I was actually all, a little bit surprised to find out that it was the sheriff, Sheriff Dobbs, because from as mm-hmm. we watch in this 
watching the flashbacks, you think he's dead along with the other victims of the monster of the week, which is an arachne, which is a kind of spider woman. Yeah, I and watching mostly because of the spider. I'm terrified of spiders. You don't like spiders, huh? Do you have arachnophobia? Not really. I mean, I can look at them and I can obviously try and kill them. If they're in my room, but um, I just don't, I, spiders are not my favorite things to look at. I will, like, <laughs> sit on a chair and screech until someone, like, removes it from my area. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm not afraid of them. Um, we've got some pretty big ones in South Florida. They're mostly harmless. They're called wolf spiders. But they're about as, you know, with legs and everything, they're about as big as the palm of your hand or bigger. <laughs> and they're pretty they're pretty scary. So um, uh, looking, they're actually good for the environment. And if a spider's outside my house, I don't touch them. But if they're in the house, well, you better stay away from me because if I catch you, you're, you're, you're going. Um, Sorry about yeah. that, spiders, but you just can't stay in my in my house. <laughs> we also have uh, brown uh, the spider that Sam mentions. Um, Sola Sam mentions is saying, "Well, I you know what happens when you're bitten by a brown recluse? Uh, you're going to die and everything." And there, we have brown recluse spiders in Florida, and they're not even the worst ones out there. I think the funnel web spider in Australia is even worse. But um, yeah, he's right. It's uh, it's pretty pretty nasty. Um, though, uh, Sola Sam was surprised to find out that, uh, well, he wasn't surprised. Uh, Sola Sam was surprised to find out that, uh, they were both surprised, I'm sorry about that. Um, they were surprised to find out that the victims, the sheriff, along with the other men who had disappeared, were all still alive. The, the Arachne didn't want to kill this group of men. She wanted to breed with them, mate with them. And I thought it was interesting she had a whole group, not just one of them. I don't know if they were all going to be her harem or just one of them. But <laughs> anyway, she was sort of, she'd put them in cocoons and was sort of saving them up, I guess. And uh, uh, they haven't seen an arachne. Samuel said they hadn't seen an arachne for, what, 2,000 years or 1,000 years? It had been a very long time. So okay. it's another... Go ahead. What? I think it was one of those. I think it was 2,000. Mm-hmm. Very, very long time. It's another one of those monsters coming back that, you know, they, they spent a year, how unusual it was hunting them, and then Dean finds out uh, later, too, that it's very unusual. So there's another um, alpha or mother of of that particular kind of monster back. And we find out at the end of the episode um, they're still out there because there's the ones that the Sheriff Dobbs turned into Spiders. Um, far as I remember, Sam and Dean did not go back and deal with the rest of the ones that Dobbs had turned into. They, they decapitated him, and the original Arachne was decapitated by by Sola Sam and Samuel in their case. But there's others still out there, and that must bother them. Um, I gotta give like really. Big kudos to Jared in this episode. Yeah. Who who was playing um, Soul Sam and and Soulless Sam, and they are it's so different. And you don't even think about our Sam, Soul Sam. We're so used to him because we always saw a little bit of Soulless Sam. You know, for the most part of six seasons, we got Soulless Sam for half a season out of six. So we're pretty used to the other Sam. I mean, he's evolved over the years, and we've seen maybe little parts of him that are a little bit similar to Soulless Sam. But to go, you know, it's from one extreme to the other with Sam with a soul and Sam without. And and he's been just terrific, just terrific going from one to the other. And, you know, he goes from cold and violent and arrogant to just, you know, everybody calls it the same puppy dog eyes and, and nice and a little bit emotional and just trying to do the case and find out what he's done wrong and try and put it right. And it was back and forth and back and forth. And he really did a, a terrific job. I thought it was interesting how they put the pieces together after they 
lined them up. It's like it's like a profiling wall they have for cults. Mhm. Right. Yeah, that his memory. But that was interesting. Mhm. I thought it was kind of a neat callback to how Dad used to send him coordinates for a case. You know, because that's when the sheriff just sent them that mis- sent Sam that mystery text with just the coordinates for Bristol, Bristol, Rhode Island. And I wonder if that happens often because neither Sam nor Dean mentioned that as being, uh, you know, out of the ordinary or like Dad. So I guess it must be something they communicate for cases uh, often enough. But it, it made me think of for season with Dad. And they and Sam, and how about Sam quoting Dad? That doesn't happen too often. You know, I know no, it actually, it was kinda surprising. And I thought that I thought that it was interesting that he um at, at least Solus Sam did uh when he tried to lure went in to use his bait, when he tried to lure him in to use him as bait, that was pretty much the exact same thing that John would do, but without mm-hmm. a sort of backup plan to go along with it. Mhm. It was really interesting because all this time Sam's been insti- oh, I'm not like I'm not like that. I'm not. Mhm. But there's the obvious parallel where he goes and he does something like that, and you think, "Whoa, that's exactly like John." Mhm. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it took a while, but I think Sam finally finally realized that he's more like dad than he thought. That's why they clashed so much. That's why Sam felt like he had to leave. He was too much like dad. I mean, and Dean's more like mom and grandma, I think. Um, I thought I thought it was a nice little touch when uh, present Sam and Dean decide to, you know, they get these mystery coordinates and they figure out what it is and Sam's pretty adamant about going because he knows something's there and there's a case and they've got to figure out what's going on with the missing women, even though Dean Dean knows it's a bad idea and does not want to go. He just can't seem to say no to Sam ultimately. He tries, but it's it's yeah. his Sammy back, you know. He's so happy, I think, to have that kind of Sam that who cares and wants to help these people and figure out what he did that he's he's still kind of smiling to himself a little bit and he's so happy to have that Sam back even though he's so worried and he's very protective um, he just can't say no so they they go back to uh, Bristol, Rhode Island and did you see the sign as they were coming into town the Bristol, Rhode Island where memories are made I thought that was neat I thought that was a neat touch because of course that's why they're back because Sam is remembering a little bit and getting flashes of cases and memories and that's pretty scary too because Sam is trying to remember and 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 go back and figure out what he did so he can make it right but that's basically doing exactly what death said not to and that's scratch at the wall that's in between Sam and yeah. what happened to him in hell yeah it was pretty much like you knew what was going to happen as soon as he went back as soon as he went back the floodgate mm-hmm. sort of cracked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I, I got a kick out of the little restaurant they were in, the little seafood place that had surf and turf and the steak. You know, there's a there's a big restaurant in Texas that's famous for having a 72-ounce steak. And if you can finish the whole thing, you know, they it's free and they put your picture up on the wall. So I wonder if it's like, of course, uh, Jensen and Jared and, and Jim are from Texas. So maybe that was up for them. And I also I thought it was pretty cool of Dean very observant to spot Sam in the background of one of those Polaroids. I kind of thought maybe Soul of Sam would have eaten one of the steaks so his picture would be up on the wall for that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he would have enjoyed the pirate hat. <laughs> no, no, I doubt that very much. But uh, and, and of course, it would have been dumb because there's his picture on the wall for everybody to see, you know, as a, as a hunter and all that. But it just that was my first instinct. I said, oh, maybe I'll have eaten the steak. <laughs> eaten the steak. Um, but uh, no, he was but very sharp of getting to spot Sam in the background of the picture. And then, of course, in the meantime. Uh, somebody has recognized Sam. It's a woman, and um, 
uh, one of actually several Sam apparently uh, uh, spent time with, shall we say, and got athletic <laughs> with um, in this town. And what was there, like four or five of them? Sam was a busy boy. Yeah, I think there were about four or five. And I, I looked at my sister and we went, we, went, we just kind of looked at each other and we went, damn, he got a lot of luck when he was uh, not with me in that year. Yeah, and and uh, and and um, whatever he wanted too, and I, maybe he just got tired of the women and any kind of emotional attachment that they might have gotten. Because we know by the time um, he got got back with Dean, he was he was paying for it. You know, he just didn't want to be bothered. It was easier to just pay and go. <laughs> but uh, but then, I mean, how long were they in town? What do you think? A week? Five days, so we had uh, five women. I think Whitley had to be there for at least a couple of days because mm-hmm. um, the way it looked to me was they got into town maybe, and then I don't know how mm-hmm. they got started to the sheriff and mm-hmm. why he needed all of this. I don't know yeah. that. At least had to be another couple of days, and then the setup had to be another couple of days when they figured out what was going on. Yeah. And then Whitey yeah. had to be another couple of days, so it was like maybe two, mm-hmm. maybe one week, two week tops. Yeah. So anyway, uh, he kept busy in his uh, uh, spare time while he was there, and that was a uh, that was a pretty hot scene with Sam and the woman in the bathroom. I don't know if it was a public restroom or somebody at home. No one's looking at the bathroom. No one's looking at the bathroom when you watch that scene. What's that? I said, I hope the door was locked because it looked like a public bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure uh, Sola Sam really would have cared much, but uh, um, yeah. And then uh, uh, she was she was pretty wild, and she was like, you know, cough me. And uh, I, I guess because he was a federal agent, maybe she's or supposedly a federal agent, maybe she's got a thing for law enforcement or or something. Well, but, I don't uh, get what well, I don't get what well, because they never followed up on this, and well, this actually means something. I don't get why they thought they gave Sam an actual, not an actual federal card, but an actual card that made him look like he was a federal agent. Mm-hmm. Because, see, that's just, that's just bad form. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or maybe he just didn't care about getting caught again. I don't know. Yeah, we mean the business card for, uh, for the FBI yeah, yeah. agent? Yeah. It looks just like an FBI agent card. Exactly. <laughs> I, I have some, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it looks it looks just like a it looks just like an FBI card or close enough. I'm sure it can't be exact just for the obvious reason of being FBI. But I and somewhere in my business card collection, I have one for an agent from the FBI. Um, it was it was a art forgery case that I worked for a gallery, and it was many many years ago, and I got a business card from the FBI. I kept it because I thought it was cool. And I was an X-Files fan, and at the time, X-Files was still on. So I was like, oh, cool, just like Mulder. <laughs> I kept the business card. It was fun. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess the badges look pretty good, too. Again, they can't be exact. <laughs> Neither could Mulder's. <laughs> uh, I, I, uh, I thought it was actually um, good that the one woman that Sam hadn't had sex with was the sheriff's wife. She, you know, she was faithful to her to her husband, and I liked her. I thought she was a she was a, a cool character and strong. And you know, we were talking about this uh, last time how the show has a thing for long-haired brunettes. Again, all the women missing have long brown hair. <laughs> That's fine, you know. I just think it's interesting that Sam, Dean, and somebody, they all have just a thing for brunettes <laughs> with long hair. I guess um, they can't get too many I guess they can't get too many blonde or, or red haired actresses in, I don't know. It's kinda weird. <laughs> but it's, it's okay. Um no, I guess you know, all the other shows have blondes. Hmm? 
although he was talking to a blonde about uh, what they, what he did uh, to the other ones. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. <laughs> oh, and I I thought it was kind of kind of funny when um, Dean was talking to the roommate of the missing girl, and uh, she starts talking about the you know, about talking to the other man when he was here and years ago and uh, a year ago and all that. And Dean says, you know, the other agent about yay, hi, you know, and he holds his hand up for Sam. <laughs> I, I just thought it was funny. <laughs> it's, uh, oh, very tall. Oops. Yeah. Oh, and I thought it was um, when they were in. No, go ahead. That's what I was going to say. Um, the couple, when uh, present day, when they're in the restaurant in Bristol, and the woman stops by, and she's obviously happy to see Sam, even though he doesn't really remember her. You can see her husband, and he looks pretty unhappy, you know, because I'm sure he suspects, and she's possibly done this before with uh, other men, and. In a little while, when Dean comes back and they're talking about being, you know, having the picture of seeing on the wall and all that, you can see the couple in the background at the bar, and they're obviously arguing about it. I thought that was a, a really nice touch of the writer and the director and all that, because they could have just, you know, said what they needed to, done their job to remind Sam of what went on, and then move on. But they, but they're in the background and they're arguing, and it's totally logical. And I thought that was that was really cool, really cool scene. Because mm-hmm. I think they needed that to establish what what actually was going on. Well, what I'm more curious about is why would they actually go up to why would why would both Sam's go up to the chef and be like, okay, this is what's going on. You think we're crazy? You think we're crazy? Mm-hmm. And why would they do that? That's like the first time. That's like the rule that mm-hmm. Sam and Dean probably wouldn't do. Yeah. I well, you know, we didn't see the whole time they were there. That's something. Right. I mean, they'll tell they'll tell occasionally um, when they need to. So there must have been something about the case, or you know, that's a very different Sam. And Samuel was just maybe just back or something. But you know, the soul of Sam, I I don't know because that is they've done it, but it's unusual that they will tell. Um, somebody in a town, what they really do, especially a law enforcement officer. Right, and so, I thought that like, shorthanded conversation with the beers was extremely awkward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not only tell the sheriff, which kind of makes sense, his wife, even though at first they don't want to, um, but they do. They still do. Yeah, it, it just, um, for me, it just was like, um, this normally would never happen. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. That is a very unusual uh, thing to happen. Oh, and we were just talking about um, um, Sam having sex so often, and and even Dean was impressed. I mean, with everything going on and all the other things they need to worry about, even, you know, typically Dean is kind of like, wow, Sam, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Good for you, because it's so unlike the Sam that he's used to, you know. How long has um, Sam had his soul back? A couple of weeks? Um, Showtime? Really? I would, I would guess I guess a couple of weeks. Oh, okay, so not not too long. He probably doesn't have uh um, getting a girlfriend, let's say, uppermost on his mind. <laughs> I I wonder if uh strenuous activity like that would make more memories come back. You know, of cases, because I'm sure Sam, soulless Sam, was a little bit, you know, girl in every town, more than one girl in every town. So I wonder if that would also cause yeah, if you, if you, 
if he, I don't know if he could actually get across the whole United States in a year, but if he did this in this town, what did he do in the other ones? You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is just, uh, just one time, and I, I don't think we need to keep seeing a whole episode focused on it like this time, because... Because that was too just, much. It was it was a lot, and it was really hard to watch, and it gets the point across. And I don't think, you know, Dean, Dean knows from experience what that Sam can be like. It's killing Sam to hear about everything. And I, I understand Sam taking it to heart and trying to make it right, but I actually think Dean is closer to being right on this by saying, it wasn't you, Sam, and what are you, what are you going to do? You know, you can't take a target. It wasn't you, and it was something that happened to you that wasn't even your fault, you know, and it wasn't Dean who brought him back to this. So we, I don't think we need to keep seeing over and over again at least memories of cases and monsters and whatever because they're, it seems to me they're all going to be pretty similar. You know, it's going to be Sam making really harsh uh, violent decisions, you know. Um, I wonder how he treated other hunters. I mean, he seemed to be okay with his relatives, you know, the Campbells. Um, but I, I wonder if he's that violent and arrogant with the cases. He's probably pretty similar to other hunters. Um, also, Soul of Sam. I, I think it shows this this particular case also shows how you you need need your soul to be a really great hunter. You would think that you know Robo Sam would be the perfect hunter. You know, doesn't sleep and is cold and can do what's necessary. Well, Soulless Sam Air was so arrogant that he thought he just assumed he was right, and the Arachne spider was. Spider Woman was just like a spider. Well, the victims are dead, and uh, we'll just burn them. And he was wrong on both counts. He didn't take the time to actually figure out exactly what the arachne creature was doing. He didn't. He didn't stay to figure out that the victims would survive the fire, would survive being shot. Um, so I, it, I thought that was a pretty interesting point. You know, he thought he was a perfect counter, and he wasn't. He's probably not the only case he screwed up that way, too. Um, it was an interesting look at Samuel, too, because the Samuel we know from being with Sam for a year is actually didn't start out as cold and as tough as he was. I guess maybe Samuel got to be that way because he ended up dealing with Crowley even more and wanting his daughter back. And it's interesting, in this flashback, he says, you know, Mary, Mary was a blessing. So you can tell why he would make the deal to want her back after all that had happened, but even though everybody knows it's a bad idea. So, well, yeah, and I, I, think, I think they actually can, I think they actually shouldn't bring her back. I don't know why, but I think they actually shouldn't do it. Shouldn't remember back for Samuel. No, no, they shouldn't, they shouldn't bring her back. Oh no, no, it's a bad idea. Bad idea. So I kind of wonder because she is Sam and Dean's mother, and if the theme of the last half of the season is mothers, I wonder if we'll at least hear about her, if not see her somehow again. You know, in the context of the arc for the second half of the season, which is logical. But well, Sam should not deal. They were sitting there and they were talking about family when um they were sitting there and they were talking about family when they were talking to the sheriff and his wife. And I thought that was strange too. Um, what was strange about the sheriff and his wife? Um when they, were ta- when they were talking to the sheriff and his wife and she mentioned, Do you have any family? Mhm. I thought that was uh, his answer and Grandpa's answer and Sam's answer was very strange. Yeah, well, it seemed 
sort of logical for Sam because he says family just slows you down. But he doesn't say it right away. He kind of looks away, and you can tell he's thinking about Dean. And there must have been, because we could tell there's something in him, even though he didn't tell Dean he was back and um, kept on hunting without him and was such a cold, harsh hunter, there was something in him that knew he needed Dean. Almost like he didn't have a choice in finding Dean. Because if he really liked the way he was and wanted to stay and doing what he was, he would have just stayed out of Dean's life, basically. You know? So there is, must have been a little something in him, like his subconscious or something knew he needed Dean. Um, the When they used the sheriff as bait, it reminded me of how uh, Sam used Dean as vampire bait. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that I think that would uh, remind me of that too. Mhm. Yeah, he, he just stood there and watched. Yeah. Same. Same exact way. So we know it's uh, not the first time he's done that. Um. And poor Sam getting, the present Sam, soul Sam, getting arrested and going to jail because the deputy recognizes him um, and then talking himself out of jail. How He seemed like he was in jail a long time. You'd think Dean would have come looking for him, but I guess he was busy interviewing the other witnesses. Near here, or he just didn't think Sam was going to come back. Or I don't know. No. A bit weird. Maybe it was just dark in the cell, and it wasn't like the sun went down. It was just dark. And I don't want really, to. I don't want to sound really odd about this, but God, the sheriff guy they replaced him life seems like a giant douchebag. Who? I mean, he's just doing his job, but he seems like he's a little bit high strung. He seemed. Uh, yes, he did. He was kind of high strung, and I'd be a little afraid considering the fact that he carries a gun, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, yikes, mister. <laughs> but, well, I, I, well, he was even kind of high strung when he stopped Sam and Samuel in the van. He was a little bit nervous. Um, but I would certainly be nervous after seeing the man who almost beat me to death come back to a town like that for sure. But you know what, uh, Sam, Sam's lucky that the sheriff didn't just shoot him on sight frankly, <laughs> you know, after what he went through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's the weird thing because he shouldn't have left the card. If he left the card, then he knew somebody was going to follow up. It, yeah. You know, and that's the other weird thing. Why would that sheriff's wife have the case files in her house? Well, her husband was missing. I mean, she said, you know, she said she finally um, became at peace with him probably being dead, but he was missing. So, And she worked at the sheriff's station, so she had access to it. Maybe she brought it home so she could just keep reading through the files and try and figure out what happened for herself. And then Sam broke into the sheriff's station, looked for her, couldn't find it, and then got out again. So that was pretty pretty gutsy of Sam to do that, even though he would know they're looking for him. Oh, and Sam almost shoots Dean twice in this episode. <laughs> Dean should yeah. know better than sneak, than sneak up on Sam. Gimpy <laughs> reflex. Yeah. But it was, it was kind of funny, but... Not really. Um, I also thought it was cool how soulless Sam, um, when they're in the warehouse and they find all the spider victims again and they're about to shoot them, uh, supposedly putting them out of their misery. And Sam, soulless Sam, says to Dobbs, "You're you're going to die a hero. They're going to they're going to consider you a hero." And then Sam says the same thing to. Uh, Brenda, the sheriff's wife, you know, your 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 husband's a hero and, you know, he did all those things, saved all those people. 
and it's like almost the same exact thing, but it's two totally different context uh, things, situations. And such a different meaning and such a different delivery. And I thought that was really cool of the writers and Jared. You know, two totally different performances. I thought that was really cool. Now, uh, bookend. Yep. Yep, definitely. (laughs) Also, that was funny. When Sam says he can't. He can't not like try and figure out what's happened to him and make up for it. He says he's got a friggin' soul, so <laughs> he's not that saintly about it, you know. He's got like, geez, well, thanks and a I, lot, you know. I was trying to but, also figure out where they were this time. Mhm. I know they usually stick to motels, but I was just trying to figure out where they were. Mhm. That was like a. It was like an abandoned house they were in. I guess they were really trying to hide in that town because that was a pretty scary place. They only they went to places like that often with the apocalypse going on, but no motel or no motel room in Rhode Island. I guess they thought it was better to hide. But it was boy, it was really icky looking. Um. Just a beautiful, beautiful shot was when um, Sam and Dean pull up to the sheriff's house and it's snowing and there's all the snow on the trees and the house is white and then it's the black impala with her headlights. I just thought that was just gorgeous, you know, real attention to detail. Nothing... uh, Nothing special about that scene, nothing in particular to advance the story. I just thought it was a really gorgeous scene. Um, yeah. When Sam... Go ahead. No, it, it was. It was, uh, they, you know, they, 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 they get the really pretty shots sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, the director did a really cool job with this episode. Um, I liked I liked the flashbacks. I liked that they were in black and white. I liked how sometimes they were really tight on faces and eyes, you know, kind of emphasize the met the fact that there's their memories and they're kind of leaking through. Um, it reminded me also of when Dean would have flashbacks to hell. They were also really close up and really tight, but they were red instead of black and white. Um, Just going back to the sheriff being bait, all the men were supposed to be in their 30s. I wonder if Dean would have been the bait if if they needed to with that case, if they'd been kidnapping men instead of women when Sam Dean went back. You know. He's in his thirties. <laughs> hmm. Um looking at my notes. Um <laughs> Dean still Still making uh, cracking silly jokes. Um, he says his spidey senses are tingling, which of course is like Spider-Man, starting with the comic and in the movies and all that. And even Buffy used to say that my spidey sense is tingling. Um, and, and I know, I know it was scary, but Sam and Dean in, stuck in cocoons and trying to get their way out. I had to. I thought I giggled. <laughs> I thought they looked funny in in those cocoons. (laughs) Um, But, you know, they got themselves out. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it's like at this point, it's like at this point, you know they're going to get themselves out. Mm -hmm. And then, they, you know, they had a big fight and they both get thrown around and uh, luckily there was a, there was a saw there and then, um, um, Dean's fighting with the sh- 
sheriff. And again, I was really surprised it was him and that they had all survived. I thought that was a, a nice little twist I didn't realize. And I thought his, you know, burned spider funky eyes um, makeup was really cool. I thought he looked really scary. That was a good job. And uh, and then I felt really, really sorry for Sam having to kill the sheriff all over again. And, of course, this time he knows he's got to take his head. And his wife, uh, Brenda, helping, actually helping uh, Sam and Dean get loose and or fighting a little bit, which is terrible because there she is. You know, there's her husband, but he's not really her husband anymore. And then having to actually help the people who put him in that position and then help them kill him, that's, it's a, you know, I give credit to Sam for trying to apologize, but I can certainly understand why she slammed the door in his face um, at the end. And that reminded me a little bit of um, the woman at the end of All Dogs Go to Heaven when Lucky tries to apologize, and she just slams the door in his face, too. And I think that says a lot, too. What? I think that says a lot, too, because he's trying mm-hmm. to make up for things that he's done. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. he just, nobody, nobody's really given him any sort of flack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just a general question, um, Death gave Dean a job. He's supposed to be, you know, it's about the souls, Dean. You know, you're playing intrepid detective. So it seems at the moment Dean's just sort of happy to either do nothing or have a case. But he's not working on his job with Death, and he's not careful. Death is going to pay him another visit and say, well, it's about the souls. What have you found out? So yeah, you failed big time. Yeah, so I next week looks like looks like another kind of monster of the week, which is fine, and I I like those and everything. But um, this is third. That'll be episode fourteen. So we've got about seven or eight more after that. So they've got to start. Um, Dean's got to get back to. I know. I think he's just enjoying his time with uh, Sam right now, kind of just being normal, and he's just enjoying having his real brother back and he knows there's a lot to worry about and a lot to do and we didn't we didn't see Cass this week so there's the whole war in heaven thing you know that could start to spill over onto earth even more but I guess he's just enjoying the enjoying it right right now and he's also got to cope with Sam who keeps scratching at the wall and speaking of scratching at the wall how about the ending of this episode Total shock, total freak out, complete cliffhanger. I wasn't freaking out. I was just like, okay, I kind of knew that was going to happen at some point. Um, it's just a deduction was that he either, based of deduction is at some point that he was going to eventually come across something like this. And my thought on it was, well, he's going to trip at it anyway. You tell a man, don't mm-hmm. scratch. What does he do? If he has an itch, he's going to scratch it. Mm-hmm. I just think, well, I'm glad I didn't wait around to do stuff, you know. Again, they're they're answering questions and moving along and that kind of thing. It's just that with this episode, it seemed we knew what was going to go on. There was a monster of the week. It had to do with a monster from Soul of Sam's past, so we got to see what, a little bit more of what went on when he was hunting with Grandpa and all that stuff, and and it's resolved, sort of. You know, nobody's very happy, but it is resolved. And I thought that was a very, very nice of Dean trying to help Sam feel better, even though Sam was having none of it, but he finally understood that Dean was was trying to make him feel better and they're packing up and getting ready to leave and then and it's mid sentence and Sam falls to the ground and has what seems like a seizure but a little bit of 
how he was burning in hell in the cage um, comes through. And it was just a surprise because you weren't expecting it. Everything was done. You thought they were just going to have another chat and then just move on, you know, out of town. And for me, that came, that was the surprise. I mean, you know, it can't not leak through. You know it's going to get worse and worse. It's like, it's uh, that's something that's pretty um, predictable with Supernatural, you know. They tell you something, it's going to happen. You know, Dean's, uh, Dean's going to hell. Yep, he went to hell. And, you know, Lucifer's going to wear Sam to the prom. Sure enough, by the end of the season, Lucifer's wearing Sam to the prom. So now we've got the wall. But we, it was just a surprise to have it show up last night. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I mean, I thought it was really, really cool and, and freaked out Dean, too, and he comes running over. And, again, I, you know, uh, um, well, we're 45 minutes into our show, and we're just going to – I'm, I'm going to mention next week's preview just in general. Yeah, from I was what I look at, what? Like I was getting ready to say from next week's uh, preview, it doesn't really look like he has uh, anything – well, you know, it's like he, he recovers pretty quick. Yeah, so I it's either, and they've been pretty good this season about starting right up again and answering if they you leave you. It's like when uh, the death was putting the soul back in Sam. Well, the next episode picked up pretty much right after, you know, soon enough. So there was an answer right away. And so maybe maybe they will pick up pretty soon. Maybe it'll start out at Bobby's and maybe Dean has somehow managed to talk to death or maybe Cass has helped them out. But I'm, I'm hoping with their pretty good consistency this season that, you know, we'll hear about it or talk about it or, or something. And they'll have to acknowledge the fact that they were lucky that Sam had this collapse when he did you know, when they were by themselves in this room. What if it happens in the middle of a hunt? What if it happens in the middle of a public place? So what if it starts happening more often? It's kind of like the visions, you know, when, when Sam was getting them in first and second season, you know. So, I mean, actually, if they're in public, they can, Dean can explain it away, you know. Right. Um, you know, it's like, oh, well, he's got something wrong with him, something physically wrong with him, and just deal with it that way. But, if you know, if that happens in the middle of the hunt, it could get one or both of them killed or somebody killed, that, or uh, somebody innocent. So they got to think of that, too. That too. So I, I I hope we talk about it next week, because otherwise the episode looks like your basic monster league. An interesting one, but... Um, yeah, it kind of. I think the. I think next week's a play on um, on the mannequin movies and on um, those old horror movies that you see where the dolls come to life and they're completely oh, murderous. Yeah, so Chucky? I'm not really. Yeah, that's pretty much what it reminds me of. That and um, there there used to be a movie. I can't remember what it was called, but um, it was like a it was like a nameless faceless mannequin and it just comes to life or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Brenna. Oh, her name was Brenna. I thought it was Brenda. Sorry about that, Mrs. Dobbs. Huh? Um, the the sheriff's wife name is Brenna. Oh, oh uh, yeah. And I thought it was Brenda. I thought you, I thought you say I thought you kept saying Brenna. Oh, <laughs> well, no, I was saying uh, Brenda. I thought it was Brenda because you you know if you say uh, Brenda really fast, it sounds like Brenna. <laughs> um. Oh, um, this, oh, they mentioned Memento again? Yeah, again. I'm like, that's the second time in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, next week, I think we'll have to play Spy.
Because mm-hmm. I think this was running around all the time when everybody on set was getting sick. Uh-huh. Oh. So, yeah, I think I think the next couple of weeks we'll have to play spot the sick person. No. That's, that's, that's too bad. <laughs> Boy, a whole bunch of them. Oh, and one, one funny thing. There wasn't much funny in this episode, but uh, um, one of the things that was funny is uh, Sam watching TV, and as he said, trying to catch up on the year that he doesn't remember, and he says, boy, Mel Gibson really took a turn this past year, huh, that Dean suggests maybe he was possessed. (laughs) And, you know, everything Mel Gibson has uh, allegedly done and said over the past uh, year or two, and, uh, yeah, it was pretty bad, and it, you know what, it sounds like he could be possessed with <laughs> crazy, violent, racist things he's had to say and do lately, but it was pretty funny. And then Samuel says uh, that Roy is some red shirt, which of course comes from Star Trek, when all the security red shirt people would all, were always the ones to die first, or the only ones to die whenever uh, they went to investigate a planet or anything. The only thing is I was trying to figure out the age group would Samuel know Star Trek. I guess so, because Star Trek, the original Trek was on in the late 60s. So I guess he would know, but it was kind of weird to hear him say it. <laughs> well, I guess they have to, I guess they have to fill it in because I know Sam uses Star Wars. And so I guess I wouldn't be too surprised if if they continued down the line and uh, Grandpa mm-hmm. uses the trick. Mhm. <laughs> right. Um, Samuel and Sam, the the aliases they used, O'Rourke and Wyman. Really, from the Fountainhead. Mm. Okay. Uh, apparently. Rourke and Wyman, Wyman is spelled differently. Uh, Rourke refers to the main character in Ayn Rand's novel, The Fountainhead. Oh, yeah. That's right. And, I never forgot this morning. Yeah, and Sam's, uh, Samuel's alias refers to Gail Wyman, which is another character in the book. And Sam's alias. The character in the, in the novel Work says he embodied the philosophy of objectivism, where individual self-interest was held as the purpose of one's life. And yeah, that sounds pretty soulless, sound to me, among other things. Um, talked about memento. Oh. <laughs> um. You know, I had to go back and listen to this line like three times before I could figure out what Dean is saying. And uh, the woman who stops by the table and uh, says, where's your partner, Sam? You know, Agent Winan. And, of course, Sam's not really sure what she's talking about. And Dean walks up and he says, oh, wish he's Samuel. And he says he's in sex rehab. You've heard of plushies, right? And it's someone who has a fetish related to stuffed toys, which I don't even want to go there. <laughs> yeah, you know, no, like don't go there. I was trying to figure out too because I thought he said something completely different, and I was like, I know it's like plushy, plushy. What the hell? Because <laughs> it, it, he kind of mumbles it. Yeah, you know, but it, at, at first I, I was sitting there on the couch and I was like, my sister was like, he has a sexual addiction to slurpees. What? <laughs> it it didn't make yeah. sense. Mhm. That was pretty funny. Um, one thing I want to mention about the podcast, since we're live for six more minutes or so, um, our first hour is live on the air, but uh, we are recorded if we go beyond the first hour. So when you download our show through iTunes or Blog Talk Radio uh, slash Media Boulevard or find us through Facebook or Twitter or whatever, you will get the entire show whether it's an hour or the full two hours. I just wanted to say that. uh, There's a little bit of business. Um, Is there anything else about this episode you want to talk about or bring up? Should we do a 
pretty thorough job of dissecting it? I think we did fine. And, you know, we missed missed Becky's uh, input on this one. Mm Mm-hmm. But we talked about a lot. I mean, it's it's always, uh, uh, you know, two people are, you know, three people are better than two, (laughs) Um, you know, because it's great to have a lot of perspectives. Um, When you talked to her, had she seen the episode? Did she tell you if she liked Uh, it or not? They, no, I actually, I actually, when I talked to her, I, it, we didn't actually have a lot of time to talk, um, mm-hmm. but she had seen, at that point, she had seen it, because it was shortly after uh, Brian, the Brian Buffy uh, concert. Mm-hmm. So they had seen it, because they pushed Brian Buckley back so that they could watch the uh, episode. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. Yeah, we'll have to ask her what she thought. She must have really enjoyed it because it was such a showcase for Jared and for Sam, you know. Well, I know that Vinny Vinny said that she enjoyed it, but I can't remember if Becky told me that she did or not. Mm -hmm. Well, she can talk about it next week and we'll talk about the next episode and she can tell us about the uh, convention and all that. So uh, Becky will be back next week. Um. Oh, the uh, title of this episode, Unforgiven, um, is possibly influenced by the Clint Eastwood movie of the same name, which is actually called The For Unforgiven. And Clint Eastwood plays a character. Um, it's a Western, an old Western, won an Oscar, I think multiple Oscars. And um, it's a, an outlaw who's retired, but he's brought back into his old life for one last job and it's kind of like Sam generally it being you know him being full of Sam and kind of like an outlaw and then being drawn back into that old life for this particular case and I guess also there's a Metallica song called The Unforgiven yeah there is which would also be appropriate I didn't notice any music in this episode in particular did you there there wasn't I didn't hear any Mm mm-hmm I, I do like the score music, though. What? I, I like the score music for this season. Mm-hmm. Mm. I want the dramatic piece of music that went with last week's uh, Sword in the Stone scene <laughs> with Dean. Just <laughs> fun. I forgot to mention one of my favorite lines last week when Dean says he wants to send Death a big fruit basket. I just like that. <laughs> oh yeah, well, was that was great. Up. Mhm. I hope I um, hope they do not. I hope they don't mention Memento for the third week in a row. I know it, it's not too bad this time because it's Bobby who says it last week, and then Dean says it this week, and maybe Bobby's saying it. Dean goes, "Oh, that is what Sam was like." So he just—it's kind of shorthand. So him using it this week also, it's okay. Like you said, we don't need to keep using it. You know, we get it. It's like memento. Move on. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. You anyway, find, find another find another cultural reference to uh, to to use it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but you know it's okay because sometimes it because just it, actually in real life, most people have a favorite phrase or a way of describing something, and they use it over and over and over again. And you know we complain about it being on TV in any show, not just Supernatural, but in real life, you know it's quite the opposite. You know you get a particular phrase you like to use, and you just use it to death because you like it. <laughs> it's your shorthand. So, but. We we noticed it about the show. Um, the ratings for this episode uh, were down, but I think this week, for some reason, all of TV ratings were down, no matter what the network or the show. Apparently, Supernatural and Smallville on the CW weren't as bad as the other shows on the CW, but they still weren't really, really fantastic. I, Fringe is on at the same time, and I guess they're... Fringe is not helping Supernatural, and Supernatural is really not helping Fringe because Fringe isn't doing that well either. So that's kind of that's too bad, but yeah, that they were put up against over DVR numbers, I guess. Yeah, yeah, we'll find those 
goes out next week. Um, apparently, apparently the LA convention is going great guns. Everybody seems to be having a fantastic time, and we'll have a report on that next week uh, from our on-site visitor Becky, which will be fun. Yeah. I'm looking forward to tomorrow, of course, because it's the boys' day. Um, and but everybody's always wonderful there. Anyway, we've got about five seconds left live, and I'm not too sure how much farther we're going to go beyond. I don't. I don't actually. You don't actually think we can go any further. I know we've talked an awful lot. I mean, this episode had you know it was a good episode. It was a really good episode. I liked it a lot. It did a lot. Um, but I think I think we've pretty much covered everything we need to. I'm looking around, you know, my references and that kind of thing. We've talked about the Latins. We talked about the scenes. We talked about old Sam, new Sam. You know, I hate to sit here and take up uh, air if we don't have anything really important to say. Um, yeah, I know, been doing, I know Becky's been doing a little bit of live tweeting, and um, people are freaking out that because they, they sold the chair box from uh, Misha. Mm-hmm. And another, I guess the main one for Supernatural, they sold them for over $1,450, and people are freaking out, and they're like, does this mean the show's over? <laughs> and Misha is being Misha, apparently. Um, yeah. And we should say that the that the chairbacks that are signed by yeah, him and Jared and Jensen is to benefit Misha's uh, charity, the Random Axe, randomaxe.org, a very worthy very worthy cause, so I'm glad they're raising good money for them. Um, is that is that Becky tweeting or? That is Becky The last thing I tweeted was uh, about the podcast about an hour ago, and so everything ah. else on there is just Becky. Because okay. I was like, I tried to keep up with it yesterday, but um, mm-hmm. I, I, I can't. I was like, I. Can't even. Mhm. <laughs> um, I'm reading Misha's quotes, and he's too funny. Inspiration comes in many different Ziploc bags. Really, <laughs> Misha? Really? <laughs> oh dear, he's so crazy. He is so crazy. He's so much fun, but he is so crazy. Uh, all right. But yeah, that's that's pretty much her because I told her I was like I tried to keep up with it yesterday, but people were tweeting too quick and too fast for me to even comprehend. And I'm like, well, you're there. I'm gonna leave it. Yeah, yeah. Somebody on site. It, it's hmm. like it's like for me. It's like why? Um, for me, it's like why even try? Mhm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm reading another Misha quote, and somebody asks us, how did it feel when you gripped Dean tight and raised him from perdition? And Misha says it, was, it felt very good for everyone involved. He got burned, so Cass has very hot hands, obviously, which could make cuddling difficult. <laughs> oh, he's so crazy. Okay, um, that's enough. Uh, everybody can follow the LA Con uh, on Twitter. What's the What's the hashtag? Is it? Uh, oh, yeah, LA Con. Is it LA Con? Okay. If uh, anybody's interested, that's what it is. It's the little pound sign, and then L A C O N. Of course, uh, Supernatural Super Wiki always has the a nice uh, central location for convention reports. I'm sure there's lots of pictures and videos and stories. It's wonderful. And it's really great that they do that. And I think, my Sammy, um, it's time to get the heck off the air for this week. Yeah. <laughs> um, All right. Um, we'll yeah. see you next week. Okay. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, uh, please tell your friends where to find us. Again, Winchester uh, Radio 
Uh, we're uh, we're on Media Boulevard, Blog Talk Radio now. So uh, tell everybody, come on over, keep listening. We're having fun. And uh, thanks very much. And we'll see you next week. Yep. Thanks. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.